I'm Coach Nikki. Welcome to the Business 101 Show podcast. If you have a question on business or maybe you'd like to be interviewed on our show, get in touch. Email us info at business101show.com.au. That's info at business101show.com.au. We're on Instagram and Facebook too. You can find all those details at our website, business101show.com.au. Tina Bazzoni from Hello World Travel and Roachdale. Welcome to the Business 101 Show. Thank you for having me. It's uh, marvellous to be here on such a momentous day. It is a very momentous day because the day we're recording this podcast, some of the borders have opened. Not just some, our international border. After 590 days of our international borders being closed, they are open. 590 days. 590 days. It's been a long time. I no longer need a permission slip from my government to depart. Not entirely. There are still a few little restrictions and guidelines, which is probably why you, if you're looking at travelling, you refer to your local travel advisor. But basically our borders are open and we can travel. Fantastic. Now, for those of you who didn't pick it up from the top of the show, Hello World Travel is a travel agent and Tina is an expert in travel. What did you refer – what did you call – so you don't call it travel, you call it a travel advisor? I did call it a travel advisor. Um, we come under many umbrellas, travel agent, travel advisor. Uh, I think uh, post-COVID, we in the travel industry want to, I guess, re-educate people on, on our role. Um, through COVID, it became quite clear that expectations of travel agents um, are not what – we deliver. Um, we should really be referred to as brokers in a sense because we deliver a professional service and we're there representing not only our clients but the companies that we represent. Um, and I think that difference was not taken into consideration by a lot of clients throughout the pandemic. Let's start at the start. Yes. You're a travel agent and we had the pandemic. Yes. How are you still business with the doors open? Uh, it's taken a lot of guts, a lot of tears. Um, Hello World Travel in particular are an independently owned and operated franchise. So if you have a local a Hello World Travel in your local community, you will know that um, it is run by a local family. Um, so basically it's our blood, sweat and tears and the support of our community and wanting to be there. I wouldn't probably have lasted as long without the support of the community and my clients who once used to travel all across to every corners of the world have now come to me to travel to every corner of Queensland and when we could to Australia, throughout Australia. So it's my passion. It's not just a job. I've been in the industry for 20 years this year. It's something I wanted to hold on to. So how did you do it, Tina? Because it's like you hear the horror stories of gym owners, travel agents, restaurant owners, you know, mm -hmm. the, and a lot of them hit the wall because mm -hmm. they just couldn't make ends meet. So, you, you t okay, before COVID, yes. how were you travelling? Fantastic. Um, how many staff coming, did you have? I had three staff uh, yep. plus myself who yep. I'm very active in the business. They all say that people should manage their business, not work in it. Yeah, I fail at that part. Um, but it's, like I said, my passion. Um Leading into COVID, um, I had just relocated to Rochdale Shopping Village. Uh, previously, the office was located in Brisbane City um, on Roma Street, and we were just starting to really engage within the community. And uh, gosh, the community spirit within Rochdale and Logan itself is outstanding. And uh, we're up 140% on our sales moving into the year that was 2020 and, and COVID. So it really smashed us. 
hard. So, that, so, you know, January, it sort of starts rolling in. Yeah. February, after Valentine's Day, and then March 20, sort of officially bang. Yes, officially bang. Did boom. it just turn off and then? Yeah, it. to be honest, it sounds really rather ridiculous, but I think it's um, a protective mode of people's brains where it blurs it out. So those uh, months from March through to probably June, July, it's a little bit of a blur. I was in the office every single day, even with the doors closed whilst we were locked down. The word essential, I guess, is quite blurry to a lot of people, even still when we were going through lockdowns. But for me to be able to successfully bring my clients home, manage their refunds, their credits, um, working in date order, it's not something I could have easily have done from home. And I still wanted to be there in the office with the lights on so that those that were out getting their essentials could see that I was there and doing what I could as best I could. Throughout the, throughout the pandemic. I don't know if you can hear it, folks, but two out of the three of us are sitting here with tears in our eyes. So <laughs> it's like there's a fair bit of emotion and almost PTSD attached to what, what you're is. talking about. It is. I mean, I was just talking to a couple of travel colleagues this morning um, on as I arrived to work and we got so excited because we had seen a Singapore Airlines aircraft. A foreign aircraft was coming into Brisbane Airport and mm. I cried. I was driving past on the Gateway Motorway. <laughs> I, I got all teary because, you know, it's, it is. It was. It's such a wonderful industry. When you talk travel and you, you tell people what you do, whether you're at a barbecue or a social event, people's light, eyes light up. They want to tell you all about where they've been, what they've done, what they want to do. And for the last 20 months, people haven't really had that passion and you can see that. So it's, it's exciting. I sort of share that the oddity of what's just happened because I'm in the air every four to five weeks and I'm internationally in the air every eight to 12 weeks. Yep. So flying is like getting an Uber for me. Yep. And I remember pulling up at the international up on the car park ramp before you go back down. Yep. I parked the car, got out with Millie, walked down the, like further down and just took a photo of all the planes parked up in the V shape oh. down the taxiway. Yeah. And the chilling part to me, it was like I was in a, I love zombie movies. It's part, it was like I was in a zombie movie. Like, it's like the world had stopped. Mm. And that in itself was just, and I actually just cried. Yeah. I stood on the top of the uh, uh, departure at yep. International and I was just crying. Yep. I c- can't explain it to you. That's what people say. I mean, I haven't been out to Alice Springs um, throughout the pandemic, which a lot of people have, you know, taken the opportunity to do. But it's like that out there as well. A lot of um, the International Airlines have parked their aircraft out there due to mm. the dry air. Um, so it's good for storing the, the aircraft. And they say it's just eerie. It's really eerie. Another touching moment was when Qantas retired the Boeing 747 and mm. they did that flight um, route with the kangaroo as they left they Sydney. They drew the tail <laughs> on the floor path. Gosh, yeah, didn't that have me in a mess? <laughs> <laughs> so it all happened throughout the pandemic. So I think it was just that extra emotion attached to it as well. So as you're sitting there with the lights on, um, the doors closed, you know, we all hunkered down in that March Mm. to June. None of us, you know, watching the presser every day going, is our world going to end? You know, waiting for the Prime Minister every day. I remember those days well. Well, my son, who at the time was five, you know, he used to know, mum, mum, the Prime Minister's on. He's talking about the virus because Mm. we'd just sit there so avidly watching the TV, wondering what was happening next. Do you remember when they announced JobKeeper? Yes. Did you cry? Celebrate good times. No, look, it it was so desperately needed and we'd been, I guess, requesting it. We had been requesting it for a while and, yes, it was a relief. I didn't cry. 
it sounds almost entitled, but I was I was expecting it a little bit. I needed the help. I mm. my business was shut down almost overnight from no fault of my own, and mm. here I was trying to keep my doors open, keep the elect- the lights on, and keep as many staff as I could. I'm very appreciative for what we did receive, but yeah, it it almost was like it should have happened a little bit earlier. Mm. I, but it was uncertain times. No, I get. It. I remember bursting into tears because of the pressure of we got twenty staff. Yeah, and we were actually we were doing the numbers on who to let go on in what order. And I, I still remember yeah. sitting there with a list, and then I'm going. I remember him coming on, and going, "This is what we're going to do." And I looked to Mill and I said, "We're saved." Yeah, I remember that clear as day. And I thought, "This is the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced in business." Like, mm. I had whew. to let um, two staff member go really early on after crunching the numbers. Mm. I'd already done that, knowing the refunds that were required mm. um, and yeah they they left early on and it was myself and the office manager Amber who stayed on and weathered the storm so yeah how does it work I'm interested from a cash flow point of view so I spent a thousand bucks on airline ticket and then um, you know they don't fly COVID hits and then I go back to you because you booked it and you've got to try and get the refund for me as a travel agent that's right yep. the commission you make on the ticket sale x percentage how do you – so Are you when you process a refund, mm-hmm. you're actually not getting any money for that action, right? No. It, it depends. Every office in terms of Hello World or, or the industry did it a little bit differently. And I think if we refer back to the, old, the early days of COVID, there was a lot of um, upset at the travel industry and how they were holding that. In terms of Qantas Airfares, for example, if Qantas did authorise a refund, the commission a travel agent makes is minimal. Qantas have um, further slashed it again. So we're anywhere between 1% and 5% of a ticket price. And if your ticket's 2000 your taxes are generally at the moment 1000 So you're only getting that measly amount of commission on the $1,000. So 1% to 5%? Yeah. Of $1,000? Correct. That's what the airlines pay us to represent and promote them. Um, that's our national carrier. What we've had to do moving forward pre-COVID even is apply a professional fee um, for the time that we spend investigating airfares. Um, So obviously sometimes it can be a little bit more expensive to book with a travel agent, but overall someone's done the research for you. You're going in, you're paying them the money, they're paying doing the risk. And when it came to something like COVID and the pandemic, um, you basically just left it to me to handle and I did what I could to give it back to you and and everything that I got back from a supplier I forwarded to my client. You would have had to do a lot of work in those initial days with people who were already booked for travel, people that were trying to get home, Mm. people that were travelling that then had to be diverted to different places. Would you actually consider travelling now without a travel agent? Like I would want a travel agent well, to maybe, actually... Maybe this is a silver lining because before this happened, everyone just went, well, I can book online myself so I can do what a travel agent does, right? People never, ever mm. give value to the service that they're getting because they can't value it properly. That's right. They, that's the same thing with brokers. They think I can do their own job searching online, whereas I can do... But, you know, same with the mortgage broking and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. My past. I mean, I had a huge following. I st- sorry, still do. Um, I repeat clients, and they trust me. I've built that rapport with them, that mm. relationship with them, mm. and that's like anything. People couldn't buy travel online. They can buy it from another travel agency. They can buy it directly from the supplier themselves. Um, but when it comes down to it, and what I used to tell my team is, people are there for you. They're there for the relationship with you. They're there for the trust with you. 
So that's what you've got to build and work on and, and you can't just rest on your laurels. It's the trust that people put in you. You need to step up and fulfil that trust. I'm still blown away that you're only making 10 to 50 bucks on a $1,000 booking. Yeah, so are we. I wouldn't do the job. Yeah, well, it's it's I'm not trying to be insulting. No, to you. I was of course like, not. How do you make that? How do you just? How do you again? Do you have higher returning packages and stuff? So correct. I mean, that's an airfare. Will give you a, a yeah. kicker. Yes. So um, when you package it all up, generally, depending on what they do, there are higher returns for tours. Um, so if you you did an international tour, or even a domestic tour, they they the commission built into that is a lot higher. Um, and that would be the same as if you book directly with the suppliers. So tour is two thousand. You pay me two thousand. You pay the supplier two thousand. Um, the supplier then we fought on the amount less our our revenue. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's where we make the money. But again, it's all about building rapport. If somebody just wants an airfare because they're just not sure and it's a little bit scary, please, more than happy to help. Yeah, buying expertise and the knowledge, right? You're right, Kerry. I, I always booked my flights myself because of the, the routing's the same via Singapore over to the Philippines to visit the team yep. or down into Sydney and Melbourne to visit suppliers. It's just, you know, ding, gone, yep. you know. Um, but now I'm so gun-shy. Like, I understand none of the country ins and outs of COVID travel. There is no way on God's earth that I would book a flight without going through a travel agent, and I would just be asking 101 questions because yep. I, I want someone to handhold me to go, okay, how do I do it? Of course, it? and that, that's the big thing at the moment. As our as our border is opening up today and we're slowly being accepted around the world, there are so many tags that we need to look into in reference to that. So, uh, you know. How do you start to date with that? Because people are going to look to you ah, for yeah. can I or can't I? And if you yeah. say I can and I end up there and it's changed, well, guess what? Yeah, who, who it's am on I me. Gonna, who am I going to hate? It's on me. I'm going to come after ah. you. You said I could yeah, fly. Exactly. Uh, look, um, at the moment, Hello World, um, the company, are looking into various suppliers where oh, we okay. can easily source up-to-date information to make sure that is correct. Um, another good uh, reference that we have been using um, is Smart Traveller. So that was even yeah. operate, operated by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. That's always been a good source. But throughout the pandemic, it was lacking as well in terms. But it seems over the last few days they've picked up their game and I don't think governments could keep up I mean you look at the Queensland government when they would do a presser the website wouldn't be updated for six to twelve hours no. after the presser and that was hard especially when yeah. it came to traveling post lockdown mm. um, and recommendations that were said through the the presses were actually never mandated and so for those six to twelve hours when you were left wondering what your clients could and couldn't do that was hard yeah, yeah. is there anyone that like lost all their deposit and completely devoted because they couldn't get their money back No. Uh, If people weren't able to obtain a refund from the supplier due to their terms and conditions, then basically everyone received credits. And the credits are very, um, at first, the dates were to the end of 2021, then there were 2022. And um, as we go on, they're extending out to 2023 in a lot of instances. So they've been very generous. The companies, obviously, they need to be. They, not everyone was in a position to be able to offer a refund. Um, so the credits are good and, and hopefully it gives people a little bit of inspiration thinking, well, I've already paid for my holiday. Let's just go on one. Mm. You know, I've got those credits sitting there. Mm. So if you do the booking and you, you get paid your pittance for the airline mm-hmm. fee, right? Sorry, but it's not, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, please. Um, but now you've got to book it again. Yeah. Do you get paid again? No. Well. So you're working for love? Yes. God, I hope people re- recognise that. Yeah. It, it's not fair on them. It's, I mean, it's not fair on us, but it's also mm. not fair on the clients. So, the whole thing's not fair. Yeah, the whole thing's not fair. It's not fair for a lot of people. 
uh, for a lot of industry. And again, it's it's building that rapport. And those people have put their trust in me to deliver. And there've been occasions where we've had, we're on take three or take four. Some of my colleagues are on take ten of rebooking a holiday with border closures and the like. So yeah, but how do you pay your electricity bill? Like yeah. Um, how do you, uh, I'm just grants, cu- I'm, government I'm, grants. I'm curious to work out, like, you're <laughs> doing so point, much free work. Like so um, the last six months have probably been in terms of after we came out of that initial lockdown period last year with COVID, business picked up because people were sick of being locked in. Mm. They were sick of be- all the restrictions. So we saw a lot of intra and interstate travel within Australia. And that was fabulous. We got a lot of support. So there was enough money there coupled with the um, the grants from the governments, the JobKeeper and everything to, to pay all the bills. I think the last four to six months since our initial lockdowns in May um, and then subsequently Victoria and New South Wales, people haven't gone anywhere. It's been quieter than it ever has before. Um, and I've, I, like I've said to a lot of people, it in a way was better if we lock, were locked down here yep. in Brisbane because yep. we actually got paid a government grant and I actually was able to be paid personally through the COVID subsidy that the Queensland government were offering, yep. um, which is sounds ridiculous. No, I get um, it. Flower, but, flowers were the same. We sold more yeah. flowers when the full lockdown was happening. Yep. Yet I was a vocal advocate the whole time going, don't lock down, don't lock yeah. down. Don't. Whereas I make 30% more money if there was a full lockdown. Yeah. 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 Uh, but again, like with the with the latest lockdowns, um, I haven't sat in the office for the three three days or the seven days that we've had of, of late. It was more so just through the, the big pandemic where I was still obtaining the credits and refunds. Um, and it was important for you to give your customers that surety that I'm course. still here. Yeah, I haven't definitely. folded. I haven't folded. Your deposits are safe. Not I'm going anywhere. Yeah, and you know, I'm Hello World. The Hello World Network, Australia and, and New Zealand wide, uh, are made up of amazing people, and we're very blessed that we uh, have a closed Facebook group for owners and managers. And without those people in your corner, celebrating, sharing their wins, their losses, um, their ideas, it's um, that's truly been one of the big things that helped us get through as well is each other we were there for each other so support network yeah the support network everyone's got one in some way and you can never be too proud to reach out and ask for help because there's always somebody that has an idea for you (laughs) yeah that's true yeah so you've got through the the start of the pandemic you know refunds being processed you know maybe a bit of a kicker with domestic travel sort of going in fits and spurts then, of course, Melbourne and Sydney locked back mm. down, so that just killed the airline network. Did. No flights anywhere, really. No flights. How did you diversify? Like, what did you do to actually supplement your income? What, what did you create? Leading pre-COVID, um, I had a, an idea. Like, I have two small children. I work full-time, um, as do a lot of people. So you don't sleep? No, I try to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I always wanted to have a break and I wanted to have a break with my girlfriends, a girl's night away or a girl's weekend away. Coach Kerry. Yeah. <laughs> you just been on one of these. just oh, been you? on one this weekend. I have. One, it was one night. It was amazing. I yeah. feel so refreshed. She came just back after fully charged after one night. It's one amazing. Night. Just that time away from your day to day and your, and your, your loved ones. I think people don't invest enough time in themselves to be able to give back to everybody else. Um, So I had an idea pre-COVID of ladies' long weekends um, and events. And so it's just 
before our lockdown, me and three other women were in Kuala Lumpur shopping, eating. We flew in Tuesday morning of the week that we locked down on the Friday night. So we were sitting in Kuala Lumpur at the Traders Hotel on the executive floor having our cocktails and canapes every evening just watching the world fall apart going, I wonder if we're going to get home. (laughs) Will we get home? We got home and um, basically the idea is forgotten for those few months. Uh, And then when around June, July and it slowed down and the the credits and the refunds were mostly processed and it was just the waiting waiting process. Um, I thought I need to start looking into this again and look at it domestically. So I started planning a ladies' long weekend in Adelaide. I had been in February of twenty of two thousand twenty, yes, um, with my family. We had the most amazing time. I'm a big lover of food and wine. And I think Adelaide is one of those cities that is really forgotten on our national scale. So uh, planned that in in February of this year, I took 18 women to Adelaide for the very first official Ladies Long Weekend. And it was fabulous. Went down Thursday, spent the days eating, drinking, laughing. The most incredible group of women, ageing from 34 up to 74. And... Everyone still raves about that long weekend and I've done subsequent trips since. We did a Christmas in July on the Granite Belt uh, in July and um, in, oh, I can now say it's this month, we are heading off to the Sundays for the ladies' long weekend Sundays trip. So that's kept me driven and positive and it gives me something fun to look forward to. I'm, I'm organising an amazing trip and, you know, it just, you get to a, uh, research, amazing restaurants, things to do. Coach Kerry, sp- put down your Google. <laughs> you can book later. <laughs> oh, you just you speak with a lot of amazing people and then yeah. the time comes to take these ladies away mm. and the feedback that you receive both throughout and after the trip is makes it all worth it. So in the in the depths of adversity, the idea that you had pre blossoms back to the top and yep. it gives you the courage to have a crack. Yep. And the uptake I had the time that I needed. (laughs) You had the finally had the space and the time to create it. Do you think ongoing long term, this is a a project you're going to continue with? One hundred percent. I've almost found my calling. I love people. I love being with people, and like I mentioned before, I love food and wine. It's a common theme when it comes to Tina. But I get to go away on a trip. One, I get to spend time with amazing women. Two and three, I'm not only building my business but I'm building my memories as well in a sense so and helping other women do that too did the ladies long weekend save you I think so in a way yes yep because I'm guessing that it you know could be quite isolating you were fighting a battle but you know almost by yourself with the office manager yeah refunding and hearing the sorry stories and the sad yeah. stories every phone call to a client yeah um you know you had it'd be hard to find some positivity in there I imagine that the ladies Long weekend just gave you that little kick that you needed. It did. It did. It um, having never escorted groups or done anything like that before. Like a, a lot of my colleagues did you have, have the bicycle flag. You know, walking around with the flag. No, like, I didn't. Come I here, really come here. This way, this way. <laughs> when I, I actually hosted an event um, this time last year up at Cirame with thirty seven women for Ladies Long Weekend, we did a bit of a white Christmas sip and social event. Um, so we did a tour and a tasting and a, and a lunch. And I actually went out and bought a parasol because I thought that was rather fitting. We're all dressed in white with a white parasol, and nice. I was twirling it around like. I own the place, but it was good fun. Yeah. 
I think the world needs more of that right now. I mean, community and connection and fun. I'd, yes. Fun's almost a foreign word to me this year. Yeah. Well, Nikki, like I said, it's it's been reaching out to the people and the community. So once, again, once it all died down and got a bit quieter, I then found myself reaching into the community a little bit more. So I was lucky enough um, to attend, I've been lucky enough to attend a few of the Logan City Women in Business Breakfasts that are held once a month. Um, I can't, don't get to go all the time, um, but when I do, it's always enjoyable, an amazing group of women. I've met yourself through um, writing for the Logan City Guide um, on a monthly basis. I'm a contributor there in the travel section. And, and again, that helps. And the Logan City Guide have been fantastic in, in boosting business in the area and helping us network within with each other. And that's, you can't replace that either. Yeah, it's been good, isn't it? Simon's publication, he's really focused on let's get, and he's actually, I had coffee with him this week and he actually upped me because he goes, well, who have you spoken to in the other advertisers? Like, he's getting on my case because I'm not networking efficiently with other advertisers, yeah. which is exactly the right push. Like it I'm is. going, bravo, yeah. like, thank you for that because I actually need to do it. Yeah. So he's really focused about getting us all to network more and it's, to mesh in together. Our community is is amazing. The, the Logan community is is fabulous and like I've lived in the community since my husband and I bought our first house in Rochdale South back in oh, too long ago, 2005 and it wasn't recently until I actually moved my business out here that you realise how amazing it is because you don't really spend a lot of time when you're commuting to and from the city. Um, so now I'm part of it and I'm trying to be amongst it as much as possible and I love it. Enjoying your seven-minute commute or whatever it is? Yeah. Oh, not even. I'm, I'm across the road. I oh, live wow. across the road from the shop. And there are times when I am late. <laughs> That's always the way. I think kiddos might have something to do yeah, with it. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you still have a smile and you're able to actually laugh because, you know, when we talk in business circles a couple of months ago, we used to sit there and go, thank God we're not in travel and mm. gym ownership. Mm. No disrespect to you, but no. it's like we recognize that that was the hardest of the hard yeah. in the business sphere. Well, I'm naturally an upbeat and positive, optimistic person. Like I'm constantly laughing, as my dad said in at my on on my wedding day in his speech that I I was born with a l- smile on my face and laughing. Um, and there have been the darkest of days, um, you know, crying in the shower and crying in the office and hiding at the back. Mm. But you've got to in any business, you've got to dust yourself off. You've got to have that cry. Mm. You've got to get it out. But then you've got to think of how you're going to fix it or how you're going to move forward um, when it can't be fixed. How are you going to manoeuvre around the latest obstacle? And I guess the hardest part of that with the pandemic was that there have been no goal lines. There have been no – that light at the end of the tunnel. It. They kept moving it, exactly. That yeah. light at the end of the tunnel was there, but it was so far away. We were all sitting here this time last year going, oh, 2021, COVID, what's going to – What's COVID will be gone? Uh, no. Uh, so today, with the international borders opening, a few more obviously restrictions to take into consideration. But gosh, those that to- that light, that light at the end of the tunnel, it's getting bright. Getting it's brighter. so bright. <laughs> I will walk out into the sunshine soon, wow. and that will be the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> and up, up and away, up, you up go. and away, yeah, above the clouds. For me, travel, the travel industry and the entertainment industry feel like the two industries that have been really hardly hit by this pandemic. Are you disappointed there wasn't extra support offered 
to those industries? Yes, um, to put it lightly. The industry as a whole came together and we have been rallying our local MPs, both state and federally. Um, our tourism body, the AFTA, Australian Federation of Travel Agents, have been lobbying very hard on our behalf. But I don't know, we didn't really seem to get that recognition that it was tough. It seemed a lot of Australia understood that we were struggling and we were struggling very bad, uh, badly. Um, but the the governments didn't or they didn't want to acknowledge it. I'm not sure how or why or if we're the forgotten industries, but yeah, that was that was hard to, to pill to swallow. Because we saw the hospitality industry sort of on this roller coaster. Yes. This, oh my God, they're closed down. Oh and when they would open back up everyone would rush out and support them and go to their local clubs and pubs and all of that type of stuff. But yeah. we haven't seen that with the travel industry at all. And another thing that um, we need to think about in in terms of travel and booking travel when someone comes in and says I want to travel in you know July or November of 2022 we initially take a deposit and we forward that on to our suppliers we don't actually receive our revenue until anywhere between 60 and 30 days prior to that person traveling so we're not getting the instant revenue that a lot of businesses receive it's delayed revenue Um, and if for any reason the travel is cancelled, then it's cancelled. You've done that work for nil to nothing. It's breathtakingly horrible. Mm. Um, you said you introduced uh, a, refer- uh, a fee, like a, Correct. what do you call it? Professional fee. Professional fee. Professional fee. Yeah. Is, that an in- is that a Hello World travel fee or is that you made that decision as a franchisee? As a franchisee, yeah. Every franchisee has the um, ability to, to charge, price. to price accordingly for their skill sets. How was it received? It's mixed. Um, I'm really bad at charging fees. Um, my staff were far better than I was, um, do you feel which means that for I, the fee? I do a little bit. Um, I why do. Is that, why is it I we undervalue don't value myself. our own time? We don't value our own time. No, it's it's something that really needs to be addressed on a broader scale. Um, something I've need to address because, you know, it, it's the amount of time it's that goes into researching um, the, the the travel, the holiday. Not only in terms of the the important aspects like your government requirements and regulations, but the little things the required the recommended restaurants, the the personal knowledge that and and everything that goes into a booking, and and generally speaking, right through to the very end when I give out documents, there I don't give out a wallet with a million pieces of folded paper. I um, bind them all together and put them into a nice little presented booklet, which I think makes for a nicer experience than pulling out 40 pieces of paper and trying to find which one's the right one, especially on a, an extensive holiday through Europe. Um, but yes, I very undervalue my time, my expertise, my knowledge and my passion and something I'm trying to work on moving forward. And and, yeah. and, and if anything, this is the, the best opportunity for us as an industry to start re-educating our clients and the general public on our value. This is a common problem in commission-based industries. Mm -hmm. I know real estate has this issue as well, where the agent can go out and do a lot of work and the property doesn't sell and they take it off the market and it's thanks so much, but there's nothing actually Mm. paid for that. And maybe it's a re-education that we need to have across the board. Yep. Yeah, that's, I agree. My brain sort of goes for the agents, though. If they're any good, they'll get it sold. Not in a bad market. I don't know if that's market. being unfair. But 
<laughs> not so when, I've not come when... from mortgage broking that was commission only. So it's sort of like, mm. well, if you, you had to be good to get the deal done and placed and credit assessed, right? Yep. So, and nine times out of ten, like you can get that, that across the board. But, you know, a lot of things at the moment can come into play with the border restrictions and the border closures. So people are paying me a deposit. I'm paying that on to the supplier and border closes or something. So it's not necessarily the client walking away. It's mm. It's been taken out of their control and obviously they want their, their initial monies ret- returned. Kerry, I agree with your point. I think what, what's got to come into it is people actually have to accept that it's a valuable service. Mm. Uh, again, I know I always refer to flowers because it's my core industry, but no one values what a florist knows and does. Mm. So that's why I go, we can do the same thing at home by ourselves. Oh, gosh, no. I, I walk into you your amazing flower market at Southside Flower Market there and I get overwhelmed and I just yell out, help, Margie, are you me? <laughs> they're clever, the girls, aren't they? Oh, they're incredible. They're but incredible. It, it, it's the, the point, though, is that people have to learn if they want something to stay around, they have to put a value on it and they have to be prepared to pay for it. It's the same reason why you've, I've never bought a dollar litre of milk because you just can't do milk at a dollar. No. That's why I refused to put my money into it. I never bought the dollar litre of milk. Yep. Now, I was lucky that I have an income stream that supports me making a decision, a moral decision on purchasing higher. How do we do it? How do you get that effect into the public? You know, you're not as good as the Jetstar and Virgin website. or It's not the same thing. Like a travel agent is not just yep. a human version of the online booking. Gosh, no. You've got human interaction. Mm. I mean, if you... Knowledge, interaction, yeah, service. Correct. Like through the pandemic... Did anyone try calling Jetstar or Virgin or Qantas for that fact? Their hold times were horrific. Um, some people were reporting hold times of up to six hours with our national carrier. Mm. Um, if you needed assistance or had a question, you called me. Generally speaking, I answer within about three rings if I'm not busy um, or on another call. And if I can't answer your question there and then, I will come back to you generally the same day. Have you got a quicker way of getting answers than, say, dealing direct with a carrier? Uh, well, if we don't already know it, they have um, very good websites for agents to log into. Have yeah, you got some magic buttons behind uh, the scenes? I can... wish I had more magic buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it comes down to the expertise and your knowledge of the industry. Yeah. And your broader network. So again, if, if I didn't know something, I needed to know it quickly. I put out that SOS to my colleagues within the Hello World network. And nine times out of 10, I had a response within five minutes. Our special guest today is Tina Pizzoni from Hello World Travel in Rochdale. Tina, next year, 2022, mm-hmm. what does success look like for you? Staff, putting staff, building back a little uh, family in the office again, seeing our clients come in, seeing them walk out happy and excited with something planned, um, seeing the world opening up and life being as it was. That's Not one of those comments revolves around an economic profit and loss. No. Well, I've been there. I've done that. I've gone through probably the worst thing ever. And it's not about, oh, yeah, I guess it is. It is about the economic profit or loss. But No, it, it's totally fine. It's your motivation. I can tell yeah. you motivation. It's not about the hard-earned dollar. It's about actually meeting expectations and exceeding clients' expectations. That's right. And with that comes, naturally, your your dollars and cents. Um, but I think the, the priority is to get our world back on track and where we can all live a happier, more relaxed life. I think the challenge for all of us is uh, rather than trying to book things direct like you may have done or we may have done in the past, I think for the next 12 months or 24 months, just put every booking you've got through a travel agent Mm -hmm. and get the experience, find out what a travel agent can do for you. And if you like the service, why would you move on? So 
if we all did that, we're giving another Aussie a go at actually keeping their family in a house and keeping the lights on. That's right. And it's not going to cost the earth. No, most definitely isn't. No. no. It's very interesting. What a great story. I mean, it's it's almost like a novel, isn't it? It's tragedy. It's hope. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's hopefully Sorrow. the fairy tale ending uh, as we move into next year. Do you ever think about... I'm going to get out of this industry because that was horrendous or do you still feel confident in your industry? I still feel confident in my industry. I think if I had the doubts, they were early early on in the pandemic. Um, but now there's there's no holding me back. I'm not – well, there is holding me back. I'm not leaving. I'm staying. I'm staying for my clients, staying for the community. I'm staying for all those people that put their support in me, family and friends. And, um, you know, the, that song, This is my fight song. Take back my life yep. song. Great song. Yeah, that's us. That's the travel industry. We're here. We're here to stay. Do you feel emboldened? Do you feel empowered having gone through this trauma? Do you look back at it and go, actually, if I can survive that, I can survive anything? Or when is it I still f- too close? Are we still in Probably it? a little We're bit too close. It? I believe that I can do a lot more than I ever believed I could. Um, I have a lot of more belief in myself. Um, everyone obviously has those self-doubts, especially as a business owner and a relatively young one, if I can call myself still young. The belief that I have now in myself that I can get stuff done has made done wonders for me personally. So, yeah, I'll take that as an easy yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Tina Pizzoni, it's been a pleasure having you on the Business One on One show. Been wonderful being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being our guest. We're going to check in with you uh, regularly because mm. you're actually going to become our travel go-to for the show. I'd love that. Um, and we're in the late stages of 2021 when we record this podcast. It's the 1st of November today. So we'll do a follow-up in probably three months and then mm. six months and then let's see what sort of picture and whether there's any solid foundational build and sort of piece that together. Yeah. Because I think it'd be an interesting journey for our listeners to go on with you. Yeah. Be right with you. Love it. I'd love to be here. Great. Thanks yeah. for your time. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. That was the Business 101 Show bonus podcast. If you'd like to pass any comment or ask a question or maybe even be interviewed on the show, please get in touch with us via business101show.com.au. That's online, email, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Coach Nikki. Thanks for listening.